You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders. Hey, we got to do a retreat with a client recently, and it's a strategic planning retreat, which we do a lot, by the way. That's a shameless plug in there. We do that a lot. We come out with your teams and we plan for the future and we facilitate it so that you as business leaders can participate in the retreat, not just run it. There's a little people-centered commercial at the beginning of this, but it's also related to our topic today. And at that retreat, we decided to just to kind of do a team building activity and we gave the team a puzzle. And the puzzle uh, was, a, the goal was to solve the puzzle as quickly as possible. That was the goal, to solve the puzzle as quickly as possible. And we gave them multiple puzzles and gave them multiple attempts to try to solve it. And what happened was really interesting. And it's something that happens in a lot of teams is in the race to be productive in terms of solving this puzzle, they moved very, very quickly, but they didn't plan anything together. They didn't think about what's their next steps. They were yelling at each other. I mean, literally the team was yelling. It was who could speak the loudest. Let's go, 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 go. We got to move faster. We got to move faster. They had one person who wasn't moving very fast. And so they were started to just pull that same person aside and be like, you have to move faster. You've got to move faster. You got to move faster. Uh, and what the result was, was they really struggled in solving the puzzle. Like they were not able to solve it very quick. It actually slowed them down over time because they had this lack of planning. And also during that, I don't think it did, went a very long way in terms of building relationships in a short period of time. They seemed to be yelling at each other. They were getting frustrated with the puzzle. They were trying to figure out what they could do next. They started to blame each other a little bit and what was going on. And it's exactly what we wanted to have happen, by the way, at the retreat. So bring us in and we will tear your team apart from the inside by giving puzzles. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what we do. But it's a great microcosm for what happens in real life. So we wanted to bring that as a topic today. And it's this idea of productivity. We get really excited about productivity and we've got to be able to work faster and more efficient and make sure our people are always working and they're always doing the things that they need to do. But is that really the best long-term strategy moving forward? Do we need to take some time where we're not as productive in different areas? And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to dive into this a little bit and talk about productivity. Is this something that is good? Is it something that's bad? How do we measure it? How do we know if it's there? When is it okay to not be productive? Or is it okay to not be productive? Or is work, work, and let's just work. When you're working, work, 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 right? So that's that's the focus for the day. So our productive team that is here with us today, today we've got our own Ben Roars. Ben is here. Ben, are you feeling productive today? You getting stuff done? Hi. Um... I feel productive right now talking to you, Don. This feels productive. I feel good. That's a good, you, good response. You, you inspire me in lots of different ways. Wow. Wow. That was that was unscripted. That was unscripted. <laughs> uh, Diana Royalty is with us. Diana, I just noticed your reaction to Ben. And if you're watching us on video, you can see this reaction. If you're listening to the podcast, listen to Diana's tone in her voice right now. Diana, am I inspiring you? And, and give me three ways that I inspire you. I will not be doing that today, but, but I will say that I am a productive human and, um, I don't know. I'm glad we're talking about productivity because it, it is near and dear to my heart. 
but I don't like that. You're kind of insinuating that I can't just be like, Don work harder, work faster, do better. And it doesn't work that way. Cause I feel you, like it should. You think it should work that way. It should work that way. If I yeah. just like yell at Matt louder, will he work harder? I think that's, I think that's how that works. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I've seen it happen. I'm going to say, I have seen that happen a little bit. If, if Diana just gets the right, Diana is terrifying. So there's a little bit of that. If Diana really leans into something and needs you to get something done, you do it. It reminds me of, I'll tell a quick productivity story. I probably should, could have opened this one, but it's a little bit abstract is when my son, Jeff was little, he was on, on a uh, YMCA basketball league and they talked about how you could pivot and shoot and all this stuff. But these are the really little kids. He was little. It was where you could barely get the ball up to the basket, kind of a kind of a league. And their coach was uh, a, a guy who used to be a, a player for uh, he actually went to the NBA for a little while. And he's huge. He's a ginormous player. He's he's big and he's tall. He's like seven feet tall. I'm not exaggerating. He's literally seven feet tall and he's huge, too. Like he's not a skinny seven foot tall. He's a big, 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 big guy. And so they're in the game and they're going around and then Jeff gets the ball on a breakaway, like, like kind of near the basket around the free throw line, but he's got his back to the basket and he gets the ball and he kind of freezes for a second. And the coach yells, Jeff, shoot. And Jeff just throws it behind his back <laughs> towards roughly towards the basket. <laughs> he just threw it behind his back instead of stopping and pivoting and shooting. Like we've been practicing. He just threw it behind his back. So afterwards, I, you know, I thought I could coach him up a little bit. Matt's really our better basketball coach, probably in our group here, but uh, I, I thought I could coach him up a little bit. And I said, you know, Jeff, why didn't you just take a second, catch the ball. You had time. Nobody was around you. Just catch the ball turn around, pivot, and you could shoot, or you could even dribble. You could dribble towards it and do a little layup. And they're like, there's lots of ways. And he's looked at me and he said, dad, when the coach says shoot, you shoot, which I have to say, if I, a seven foot, yeah, large person was telling me to shoot, I might shoot too. But uh, yeah. yeah. So that's I, will, I, I feel like I need to add, you told the story about this person being huge and how he was terrifying, but I'm 4'11". So you're but terrifying still- for other reasons. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Okay. People people disappear when you cross Diana. I'm just saying. Don't cross me. Don't cross Diana. She <laughs> watches a lot of, what do you watch? You watch a lot of those crime Dateline. shows. I watch a lot of Dateline. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. So don't yeah. mess with Diana. That's our real, this is actually a cry for help on our podcast from our team. <laughs> Please help free us from this cloud of Diana. That Listen, as long as you're us. doing your job, we're going to be cool. We're going to be cool as long as you're getting your work done. Just and get your not, get your stuff done. Right. We will not be cool. Yeah. And we get that. Done. And that is not uncommon on the managers and people that we work with. Right. We've heard a lot of business owners and managers who are like, just get your stuff done. Come into work and sit down like work is work. Play is play. You can work at work and play at play. Right. Do those two different things. Those are two separate areas. So that's why I think this topic is really, really good. And then, of course, we've also got Matt Griswold, who is often plays the role of our host and helps us to facilitate. And uh, Matt, you know, whenever we think about productivity. When we go to events, when you and I travel to events, which we do a lot of conferences, we go to a lot of events. What does a productive event look like for you and I? How would you say we we talk about a productive event? 
you know, this might be contrary to some people's thoughts here. If I'm a speaker at an event, you might say you're productive when you're on stage at the event speaking. But really, we are productive the entire time. And that could be Don on stage. It could be at Top Golf. Don, we have an event coming up here in a couple of months that we're going to be at. I just talked to the executive director. Hey, hey, Idaho, we're coming to see you. Woo, Boise area. I don't know. Get tickets. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, there's a bowling. <laughs> there's a there's a bowling event that night and we're going to be we're going to be uh at that event as well just just uh killing it being productive you know being productive for us could be speaking being productive for us could be building relationships and being productive for us could just be hanging out and helping people talk through some of the stuff but typically when we're at an event we're quote unquote on stage the entire time you know and this 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 whole topic kind of reminds me um and it, it, it reminds me of this, of this idea as organizations kind of set themselves up for failure with this whole thought. And maybe this is a good way to lead into it. Don, maybe you had a different way to go. So you can reset me if you want to. But as you were talking, it kind of, you know, it, how many organizations reach out to us because they want help building some sort of a scorecard or some sort of a of a of a ranking metric. Right. Uh, and some of those ranking metrics are awful. Uh, sometimes you organizations are putting your managers in bad situations because you have to, I have to, according to make the numbers work, I have to put somebody in the fail category or I have to put somebody in the achieve category. Um, and sometimes, you know, the only way I can base that on is if you look busy, is if you're doing stuff, is your calendar full? Are you always talking to, to people? Are you always, uh, you know, creating or doing or whatever your job might be? Um, but at the end of the day, those those ranking systems that a lot of organizations have kind of put you in a bad spot, manager, because you are forced to then start judging what production actually looks like. And sometimes we might be judging the wrong things. Does that make sense? Yeah, if, if you start to put your people in competition with each other on productivity and you start to reward the top producers on a lot of areas. Now, sales teams are a little bit different. That's a little bit of a different animal because salespeople are a little bit of a different beast in terms of that, that, that sky. But and if you start doing that widespread, what will happen, and there's tons of research on this and tons of science on this, is that people will start cheating. They'll start cheating. They'll say, what can I do? And I saw this. I worked for some large organizations and they would do things like, well, you got it. You always have to stay underneath budget. So then people would hide funds, hide money where they spent money and they would do things like that. Or if it was a speed thing, they would hide, hide how much, how productive they were. Um, however, some of you may be listening to that and going like, so you shouldn't measure productivity or you shouldn't look at it. No, I think it's what you do with the measurement that's really important. It reminds me of a story I'll roll right into this part of this is we work with a publisher who was really thinking about like specifically their ads when they go to create ads inside of their magazine, how fast does it take them? How long does it take them? And they started noticing that different people worked at different speeds and it seemed like it was significantly different speeds. So this company actually did track their hours. So they actually knew how much they produced so they could figure out like how many hours did they did it take them to produce an ad. So we actually created that data. The, the owner did, and we got to look at it and they took their five people that created ads and they knew how much it took them, how long it took them to create an ad. And it was significantly different amongst those five people. And they should be kind of creating the same type of ad because you might be thinking like some ads are fast, some ads are slow. Like I get that. All five got similar work, but I mean, it was significantly different to the point of, I think like the, the fastest person was three times faster than the slowest person three times. So, so we thought, boy, this is really interesting information. How can we use this? 
So what we actually did was we printed off the averages and we sat down with that team and we, you know, without the owner in the room, we presented it and said, just, Hey, we were pulling some data on this and we got this and we shared it with everybody in the room. So we shared it with the five people that were on the sheet and said, just, what do you think about this? Is there anything here we can learn from this? And what are your thoughts? And we just gave it to them. We didn't say, hey, look at this person. They're awesome. And this person's terrible. And you're in first place and you're in last place, just like Matt talked about, because that would rip that team apart. They would stop working together. They would cause all kinds of problems. And then people would start to say, well, I just won't log my hours the same way. I can say I was doing something different than I was, or they'll start to cheat into that metric. But what they did instead was they started to say, how are you doing that? What's your approach to creating these ads? Are we spending too much time? And what we learned is that some people didn't know like some of the information to create the ad was already available. They were looking it up separately. So there were some process things that we were missing. So once we that came out, it was like, oh, we can go to the same location to go get this information. And it's a lot easier than us going to look at this separately. Uh, they also talked about the person who's at the top of the list talked about their approach for creating ads. And what happened pretty quickly was that everybody's scores got a lot better. Like everybody became more productive because they figured it out. They worked it out, uh, not because somebody else did. Don, it almost sounds like, it almost sounds like uh, you're, I can almost see that team around the table going, yeah, you look, you look stupid busy. Do you know why? Because you're really inefficient. Great job running around all over the place, but you're extremely inefficient. And sometimes though they're rewarded for the running around all over the over the place, even though somebody else is maybe doing the same work in half the steps because they're just really efficient at what they're doing. They have their process down. Diana, you'd probably agree with this. If, if you took a video of me working at my desk and a video of Diana working at my desk and you just watched it for just a minute and you said, who do you think is working? Who's, who's the busiest? Who's cranking out more work? I'll bet most people would say I am. That's true. Yeah, I think they would. Because I'm always, I'm like, okay, I got to do this and I got to go do this and I got to move over here and, I, and then I got to move this and I got to jump on this call and I got to do this email. And, thing. and you watch Diana and Diana is just cool sitting there working. That's not really fair though. A lot of times on podcasts, we think that the internet froze because Diana hasn't blinked for a while, but that's not really true. She's just, she's just staring like that. That's not kind of a fair comparison, right? Diana, like <laughs> I, I you're pretty stoic. Calm. <laughs> I'm, I have little movement. I'm a calm presence in the like kinesthetic session, like in a kinesthetic way, I'm very calm, but inside my brain is moving very quickly. Doing jumping jacks in there. Yeah. yeah. I like how you described how calm you were in the slowest possible podcasty way so that our listeners had to wait for 10 minutes for you to say five words. That was really yeah. interesting. That was that, not productive. Yeah. Serial killers do that too. Intentional. So <laughs> there, there you go. My brain moving very calm, fast. But... Extremely calm and desperate situation. <laughs> yeah. You want yeah, me don't... in a fire. That's for sure. <laughs> but, but my point is everybody on our team would know who's more productive, Diana or Don. Diana is. Easily. Diana kills it. Yeah. Diana crushes it. Diana cranks out a lot of work. Diana is so, also very responsive, which I appreciate too. Like we can make that a podcast as well, but it seems like by default there, Matt, that you're thinking I'm not responsive, <laughs> not as responsive as Diana. You used to be more responsive, but Diana, I can get her at a moment's notice. And I appreciate that about her. Yeah. 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 Not yeah, that you I, have to, but I appreciate that. 
it's Matt's definition of responsiveness that I think you're going to deserve some, some attention here. If you don't respond to his email in three minutes, he's texting you and calling you and video chatting you and he may you know, stop by your house. You know, I'm going to take this a different way, but before I do that, we did get somebody that reached out to us online today, Diana. I, I'm not even going to say too much because they might be listening. Somebody reached out to us online, wanted some help with some strategic planning. Don calls me 20 minutes after the email comes through and says, hey, or text me. Hey, if you can't respond, you. if you can't respond uh, to it since you're offline today, then I will. And I'm like, are you kidding? I called him and I said, are you kidding? I, I have a 3.30 with that guy this afternoon where I've already gone back and forth. <laughs> It's, it's done. done. Yeah, we're done talking to him. That's the level of responsiveness I need. So future reference, if anybody does work with me, that's, well, that's, what, I, that's what I desire. Well, that's very productive. And that's a good example for our discussion today, because I think the question is, is like, do we, I think a lot of managers maybe measure productivity by whether it looks productive, not whether it is productive, just to start with. In terms of productivity, I think we have to be careful about that. Right. Do people need to be during the pandemic? A lot of people, uh, a lot of managers that I talked to literally said, how do I know if they're working or not? Because they're not in the office. I don't know if they're working. And to that, I responded. I'm like, what do you do during a normal day in the office? Are you just walking around looking over people's shoulders like, yep, you're working like, well, at least I know they came in that day. And I think that is a not a great way to know if they're productive. There are some people who play some mean uh Mine, what do people play? Minesweeper? Minesweeper? Minecraft. I almost said Minecraft, but I don't mean Minecraft. Minesweeper, Minesweeper Solitaire. right? Solitaire on their computers, but you came up with that one pretty fast, Diana. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> hmm. uh, I don't even know if I could find Solitaire on my computer, and I'm being very honest. I don't think I could. Don, it strike. It, it, can I enter? Can I introduce something else? Because I do, I do know what you're saying. But what about those things where other people? I can almost hear the listeners through the podcast right now. Something else during the pandemic. Remember, the, like the uh, impromptu, the, not the impromptu, the scheduled social hour, like at five o'clock. Bring a cocktail and everybody log into this Zoom call. I would say there was a lot of people that are going. This is an incredible waste of time. Why would I want to do that? Is that still productive? And if so, how are we defining what production looks like? There's not a metric for that, right? There's not a metric that said you didn't attend our virtual happy hour. Uh, the, the, that that increased productivity by blah, 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 because you intended the happy. So is that is that still productive? And can we talk maybe about some of that stuff? That That is really what I am hoping to talk about today, because I think, well, I was in a meeting the other day and someone said, I need a productivity measure, right? Like, okay, great. What do you want to measure? Productivity. Okay. So who do you want to measure? Everyone. Okay. Um, how productive do you want them to be? A hundred percent productive, right? A hundred percent productive. Okay. Um, is that realistic? You want someone to be at work for eight hours a day, cranking out work all eight hours of those days. And they're like, well, maybe not all eight hours, but like seven and a half. And I was like, whoa, okay. Seven and a half. So you're going to give them 30 minutes to like eat lunch and go to the bathroom. And they were like, well, seven hours. Like, let's just do seven hours of productivity. And I was like, okay, so can you give me like a percentage that you want a person to be productive? And they kept saying a hundred percent. And I was like, that is crazy pants. You're never going to get a person a hundred percent effective and, and productive. And they were like, why not? Why can't they, I am paying them to be productive. 
So then I started bringing up the things that aren't productive, but are actually productive, which I want to talk about, like the, what you were talking about, Matt, like, what are those things that people must do at work that do enhance productivity, but don't look like productivity? I mean, I'll, I'll throw us all under the bus. And Diana, this might be something that you're talking about here. Also might be an equal frustration. We legit have Diana, who is in charge of scheduling and wrangling us to be on this podcast, right? On a calendar. And sometimes we really need to crank out some content because we get behind. But there has been more than one occasion that we all appear for the podcast at the time frame and just talk about our lives and the weekend. And then 45 minutes later, it's like, well, guess we're not recording a podcast today. Was that still beneficial, though? I would argue, yeah. I don't think that that's a waste. I don't think that that's a waste of of time. Like some of those for me, some of those impromptu, and maybe I'm different, Ben. Maybe I can hear your feedback on this, but I'm the I'm the person that likes to video call you anyway, just so I can see you when I'm talking to you. So I I value that time, but I know that I'm not, you know, that I'm I'm not necessarily the voice for the team on that. Like, is that still a productive time? And what are we hoping to get from? from a team, like what's the produce of that, uh, of that time too? Ben, you might be on the opposite end of that. No, I, I think especially with a team like ours that we uh, travel to see clients and sometimes people's schedules are really full and they're on the road a lot. And so, you know, Matt, last, last week you and I uh, drove to see a client and had some time, you know, just in the car chatting and connecting and talking about work, talking about clients, talking about other things. And that was really good. But you and I had not been in the same physical space for a couple of weeks before that, I think, you know. Um, and so especially when we've got a team that's moving around and we've got different schedules and um, there are times that we can feel just really disconnected from each other and really miss each other. And so then there are times when we get together to record a podcast and we haven't been in the same physical room in a couple of weeks. And so now we're in the same virtual room and it's a great chance to reconnect. And, um, and we do communicate, you know, on, we've got, we've got teams that we use really effectively. We've got those ways that we communicate and, and share client information and are sort of talking and collaborating all the time, but to just pause and either be in, in the, in the same car on a car ride or in the same virtual room to do a podcast is pretty important is pretty important periodically and so yeah I think I think we can at times feel a little disconnected and just feeling that connection is is valuable it's important yeah you also slept in that car ride too I don't know and while I drove but which is also important sleep is, is important <laughs> productivity uh, don't forget to sleep, everybody. <laughs> don't, for, uh, don't forget to sleep. I, I think there's data on that. I think there's data yeah. on sleeping productivity. <laughs> I think there's so, somebody get, get your rest, everybody. I was just going to add that I, I think that it's really important to build the relationships. We just did a podcast on this. Like you build the relationships in work before you need those relationships. So building relationships is productive. It's not productive necessarily in the moment, but you have to build those relationships before you need them. And then it will be productive later. It's just taking a moment to be able to build those relationships. I think it's really productive. So why do we need those relationships at work? You know what I mean? Cause I, again, I can hear those people on here going, I, you have enough friends. Like for, you know, Don, you mentioned Amen. basketball. I have a, tra I have a, a travel basketball group and we're going to go play a tournament on a Saturday. But I said, let's go up the Friday night before let's get a hotel, let the kids jump in the pool, right? Eat some pizza and stuff like that, because that's a team, that's a team builder. But why do you need that at work at the same time? I had one, one quick thought on that is at work, you have to have conversations with people of the nature. Um, hey, do this thing. 
or, hey, do this thing now. <laughs> and so like we were talking about the responsiveness. And so if you're if, if you're going to have to have those conversations where you just have to be direct and, and get things done with people, or if you have to have hard conversations and say, hey, you didn't get this thing done that I needed you to get done. Um, those are so much better in the context of a lot of conversations where you just talk to them as a human being, right? And so if your only conversations with somebody are, hey, get this done conversations, that's that's just going to go south really quickly. And so like Don said, you need the relationship to be there before you need it, I guess you could say. So um, you you at work, you're going to have to have those certain kind of conversations, but those can't be the only conversations you have with somebody. That's, that's not going to be good. That's not going to be healthy. Yeah. And I'm going to out myself a little bit. I am a, I'm a direct person. I do do a lot of like work is work. Friends are friends. Like, I don't want to be your friend. I work with you. Right. I do a lot of that. Um, however, however, I do know that for a while, Matt and I struggled to work together. And I remember a very pivotal turning point in our relationship is when we started, we, he asked me some personal questions in my life. And I answered honestly, because I was just like too tired to like not and fight it with him anymore. And so I just answered honestly. And by the time that we had a real conversation about each other and learned just a, just me introducing myself a teeny tiny glimpse into my life, he instantly respected me more and wanted to talk to me more and gave me a lot more grace to be direct. And so that moment where I was like, you, you know, later in the week when I was like, Hey, Matt, go do this thing. He didn't stop and be like, can you, can you rephrase? Or he didn't roll his eyes. He was just like, Diana is a direct human being. I know that she's going through these things in her life. And he gave me a lot of grace to just instantly yell at him to do something. And I still think that he gives me a lot of grace to call him and be like, can you freaking do this thing for me? Because we have built that relationship. So I know how important the relationship building is because I have seen it work toward productivity. Yeah. And Gallup has studied this. So, I mean, like one of the biggest drivers and predictors of engagement is, do you have a friend at work? That doesn't seem like that's something that would drive productivity and it doesn't drive productivity directly. It drives engagement, but engagement drives productivity because the studies that Gallup has done have said engaged employees are 30% more productive than disengaged employees. So they are able to, if you feel good about the work and the people you do it with, then you do it better and you do it faster. Uh, also, I think just as a team dynamic too, I, there's many times where on our team, we've built those relationships when you know each other has, when we know we have each other's back and we've spent the time to build the trust and you know what each other can do, then when something does arise, it's a challenge, then you can call a play and somebody else can jump in and help. And now where that's, that's not just necessarily a productive in the moment thing. That's more like a strategic productivity, right? It's like, oh, Don's suddenly unavailable to do this presentation at this conference. Matt, can you step in and do that? I know that Matt's going to go up there and they're going to forget my name after Matt's up there. Uh, and that's, that's, he's, well, you agreed with that really fast, Matt. I'm just noticing that. You really jumped in. Yeah, that. we've learned that over time. I, I'm glad you brought it up and not me. <laughs> but if I say it, it sounds different. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 We're very productive. We're very also competitive in our in a friendly way in our in our uh, in our travels and stuff together. But uh, yeah, I, I think we have to build those relationships because it is productive. So we're, I, I think that the message here isn't don't be productive. It's what is productivity really, and what does it really look like? Uh, I like about taking some time. Yeah, 
Sorry to talk over you, John. Um, if, if we're thinking about productivity and building trust, if you think about, okay, I need to build trust between two of my team members, I have 15 minutes. How would you use those 15 minutes? I think it would probably be just putting them in the same room or the same car or in the same Zoom and letting them chat, letting them chat about their about their lives and who they are as people. And so in, in that sense, this sort of space sounds to me like it kind of is maximally productive for building trust. And building trust is hard. Building trust is tricky. But these sorts of things, I think, probably build more trust per minute, you know, than lots of other things we could try to do. I'm going to take that and tweak it, Ben, because what you just said probably made a lot of listeners throw up in their mouths just a little bit. Uh, put them in a car together and talk about personal things. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of people that are going, no, absolutely not. I will quit. I will quit this job tomorrow. I think. So I think you can... if, you, if you need to, if you need to pause and and drink some Pepto or something, <laughs> right, right. I think you just troubled a lot of people. What what I, I would take. I like the sentiment, but what I would do is maybe try to turn it into a little area of, of a work focus, and and you guys can you know correct me if I'm wrong uh, here too, or put me on a different path. But I think you know I think having the conversation first of all is how are we defining productivity, and second of all how do you how do you like to approach work? Um, I, I think that's probably a good conversation, a good conversation to have. When do you do your best work? Um, I think it's another good conversation. If my team expects me to be just, you know, Johnny on the spot from eight to five, um, you know, and then not think about it after that, uh, we're probably at odds because a lot of times I'm doing my best things at, in the evening, uh, at night, uh, is whenever I'm, I'm kind of firing off, I'm firing off different things too. And so maybe having that conversation, yeah, let's have a conversation, but how do you, how do you approach work? How do you want to be communicated with? What, what am I doing that troubles you? What are you, you know, here, can I create a space to be able to say, here's some things that bother me about you? Uh, I think those are extremely productive, uh, conversations there too. Not like, uh, what's your sign? Uh, what are your hobbies? Uh, what do you, you know, I I think I think that I think that's troubling for a lot of people. Like get away from me and stop talking, or just go to sleep, like Ben did in the car, um, and feign excitement like that. <laughs> that's the ultimate test of trust. Can you sleep while your coworker is driving? <laughs> oh yeah, I would not while Diana was driving. Just so you know that you have to be alert when Diana's driving. Do not let Diana drive. Is really the key there. Just Diana should not be driving. That's yeah. I should not be driving. Um. But I love this because I think there's so many spaces that we think about that aren't, we would think is not productive, but really tend to lead to that productivity. And it's not just the, the having moments with a coworker, right? Those are really important in building the trust. It's also like celebrating wins on a team. When we're doing that, we're building each other up and we're, we're not being productive per se, but we're celebrating our productivity. Um, I think that making people have fun and do things together. Those are not productive times, but it does build that relationship and make it more fun. And then I also think there are times where people just need to be able to think. People just need a minute. You just need to process some time, right? All of those things would not be looked at as productive, but I think are very much productive. Yeah, it's it's when we talk about productivity and I, I, you know, there's a whole workshop that we do on just being productive. There's some things that people do at work that are pretty inefficient. But one of the things that we talk about is that there is a difference between feeling productive and being productive. 
And if you're sitting at your desk, I remember my very, very, very first job, like my first real job, I was, well, I guess it was my second job because my first job was telemarketing and that one was awful. But my second job, my first, what I call kind of realist job, it was an internship when I was in school and it was, I got paid by the hour. And so me coming in, I felt really responsible for showing up and doing work while I was paid by the hour. So I sat down at my desk and I had the kind of job where I had to do a lot of like research and reading and going through lists and stuff like that. And if you know me, it's not a great match for my personality, like super hyper detailed work, but I was wanted to do it so badly. Like you, I'll dive into it and I'll, I'll overcome my, 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 my natural strengths and work towards this. But I would sit there all day long and say, I'm going to work. I didn't take breaks. I didn't stop at thing. And, and finally there was a, a, a worker who had been working for a longer time who just was watching me and came over and she was really nice. And she says, you know, you don't have to work eight hours on an eight hour day. Like you really don't, you do need to take breaks. You do need to walk around. You do need to have conversations with coworkers, not just to necessarily even to build the relationships like we were talking about, but just for yourself to recharge because I, and, and she was absolutely right. I can remember times where I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And you look over the same thing five times before you understand it, where when you sit down fresh, you can look at it once and get it, you know? So it's just, sometimes it's, there, there's a difference between that. And then for managers, which we kind of start started this whole conversation with, is there's a difference between looking productive and being productive. Sometimes if you see people, you might see me, you know, flipping around at my desk and flipping through papers or looking at things or jumping between my two monitors and doing things and jumping on the phone and calling and thinking, man, that guy's really productive. And I might not be. Uh, you may look at Diana, who's got her cold, dead shark eyes staring at her monitor, not doing anything, uh, you know, not necessarily being productive. And she's cranking out a bunch of stuff. Or you might see, you know, Ben and Matt having a chat in the break room or having, you know, talking or sitting down eating lunch and thinking, well, they're not doing anything right now, but they are doing something. So I think we have to be careful about our definition of productivity. Let's let's go around the horn a little bit on some tips here. I think we just wanted to throw this out there. This is actually inspired. We never said what this was inspired by. This is inspired by a recent article on Apple News, and it was Mark Cuban, who's who we have respect for. Mark, we're not throwing you under the bus on this one, but we kind of disagree with you is he came out and said that he thinks meetings are a big waste of time. And one of the things he said is it kills productivity. And it's a lot of it is because of the extra chit chat that just happens in meetings. And that's what, that's what inspired this. Uh, it's also probably going to inspire more topics on meetings in the future too, because if you're having unproductive meetings, you should stop doing that. And we can talk about that here in the future, but uh, what are some takeaways there from this one? What do you, what do you think gang? I mean, I still, value productivity and i think most leaders would but i think it's important to remember that productivity happens in a lot of different ways i've learned that over time but i still don't love it and i still kind of push against it but it's visible there people are more productive when they feel like they're part of something bigger when they understand the team they're on when they trust the people they work with i think it leads to a better outcome and better productivity when you spend some time not being productive. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I would, I would echo those things. I would also say this, I don't directly disagree with Mark Cuban's take. In fact, there's a lot of organizations that have that, have that uh, philosophy too. Like, ah, oh, meetings are a waste of time. If meetings are a waste of time, it probably means that you're doing them wrong anyway. Like you could proactively set it up well to be able to touch those things and create some impromptu conversation moments as well. I think people hate 
the people that hate meetings are probably because they're in meetings that are, man, they're super inefficient. Nobody knows what who's doing what. It is, you know, maybe pockets of chatty and we don't do a good job of facilitating the meeting. Uh, you don't have rules for the meeting. I mean, think I mean, things like that. Like we we train organizations on how to run effective meetings on a regular, regular basis. So the sentiment of what Mark Cuban is saying there, I I I I'll agree with with that. Um, but I also think the other side of that, like Diana is talking about, we can measure productivity in many different ways. And maybe that's the first step is what is your end game? What's your long game? What are you hoping to be able to get out of these folks? And then how do you build steps to be able to try to get those things out of those folks? And a lot of times maybe that's impromptu engagement as well. I think one of my takeaways is that this is one of many topics uh, which connects to the idea of you really got to know your people, you've got to know your team. And so I'm thinking about these differences in how we talked about uh, how it looks different when Don's really productive, it looks different when Diana's really productive and Matt and myself. And so I think if you're um, if you're using the same sort of snapshot test to tell whether somebody's being productive, that's probably not going to get you the information you need. And so some of these things that are pretty productive, it might not look that way on the surface, but if we dig a little deeper and know our people and know how they work and know what they're doing, um, then that's where we get the deeper picture of whether this is productive or not. That's very good. I'm going to go back to the original example that we talked about of the team that was trying to solve this puzzle, but not taking time thinking they had to solve it fast, so they rushed into it, right? If you take time as a team, we see a lot of folks like, hey, let's. are you going to do strategic planning? We don't have time. We're too productive. We're too busy. We're too much. And then they're in doing all of these different things. I mean, we just came out of a strategic planning session, and the team, it's not like they lacked ideas. The team has tons and tons of ideas. In fact, the team was choking on those ideas. And we see that happen all the time. We're choking on all these opportunities, and we take little steps in all these different directions. Where what we see over and over and over happen is if a team takes a minute to just take a step back and plan and stop doing the work, then they can eliminate some of those things or put them on a list to do later and then focus on a few items and then get those things done. And they end up being far more productive taking that time. Productivity doesn't mean that you're always running and always doing the stuff. Sometimes productivity means you have to take time to rest, work with other people, build relationships, and also make a plan to move forward. So... That is our pushback a little bit on productivity. Not that we're pushing back on it. Maybe the idea isn't that productivity is bad. Maybe the idea is that the traditional thoughts on how to be productive might be wrong. It's not about working harder or faster. Sometimes it is about working smarter and better as a team. So there we go. That's our podcast episode. Please send us more information. We'd love to get from you. Give us feedback. We love that. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then... Be well and lead well.